This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 118 of the Best Seats podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County, where the show is based to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. If you enjoy the show and you're listening to it on free feeds, whether that's Spotify, Apple, wherever, uh, please consider leaving a rating and or a review, sharing the show, etc. It helps play into those programs, algorithms, and helps new folks discover the show. I hate asking for stuff like that, but with these big tech companies, you gotta, gotta, you know, you gotta play the game. Uh, you can find more content just like this over at TheBestSeats.com, including merchandise, the return of the blog. Finally, after some technical hiccups, that should be coming back in a big, big way. But don't forget the very best experience is only found on patreon.com forward slash the best seats where you get early ad free listening to each and every episode, exclusive access to the bonus episode each time a show is released and more to come. And really quick um, housekeeping about Patreon. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it may have already taken effect. But if you're listening to this in May when this episode is premiering, um, FYI, a couple of things. Number one, there's a little bit of a policy change to payment. Um, whenever new people do now, if you're already subscribed, you're fine. If you're thinking about subscribing, just FYI, when you subscribe, whether it's the kind of beginning of the month, the middle of the month, whatever it is, I'm recording this on May 24th. So if you were thinking about doing it towards the end of the month, you will get charged kind of straight up front. Now it will back off and it will kind of, it's basically just in an effort to not have people just kind of linger. Um, by charging right away, it gets that subscription going right away. You get access to everything right away. And it just kind of stops people from waiting for that charge to hit. So charges for new Patreon subscribers will happen right up front. And then it'll rotate and it'll be the first of the month after that, et cetera, et cetera. So just FYI, if you're thinking about subscribing, um, if you're listening to this, like I said, it, this is almost the end of May. Wait until June 1st. Do it then just so it hits at the beginning of the month and you don't kind of get that double charge. Uh, secondly, if you're thinking about subscribing, this is not live yet. I'm hoping to have this live by the middle of June. There is going to be a free trial period. Uh, Patreon just rolled out this feature. Very, very excited about it. So people will be able to get a free week trial if you are considering, if you want to see what those bonus episodes are like and some of the other content that I'm planning on rolling out. If you haven't subscribed yet, Middle of June, give or take, I should have that free trial ready. So you can give it a look-see, seven days free of checking out all the best content on the Best Seats podcast and more. On to the show. My guest this week returns, a friend of mine, a subscriber of the show, a good, good friend, Paige Reardon, chef owner of Scarlet Kitchen and Lounge over in Rancho Mission Viejo. This is Paige's third time on the show. Now, I wanted to get her back on for a couple of reasons. Number one, she's a good person. Number two, she's a friend. Number three, she's launching a brand new Chef's Table series, and I wanted to know about it, and I wanted to share it with you. But most importantly, if you've listened to her first two episodes, um, which a lot of people have, actually, her episodes are some of the highest tracking ones. Um, she's very candid. Paige is someone that wears her heart on her sleeve. She wears her emotions on her sleeve, and she's not 
afraid to talk about those emotions, good, bad, mental health, ups, downs, struggles, depression, anxiety, things that everybody deals with. And it seems like for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, it's just the fact that this is the hospitality industry. A lot of people deal with those things and it's hard to talk about. Mental health is a major, major thing. Mental health kind of awareness is something that's been growing a lot. It's being talked about a lot, rightfully so. People are out getting the help that they need for whatever is going on in their life. And I wanted to have Paige on because she has changes in her life. She's separating from her husband, who she is in business with and works with, and Matt's a great guy. And I wanted to hear what that's like. How is it to go through a divorce process with your business partner and your best friend? What is it like to deal with mental health struggles when you're trying to launch new business? How do you set up boundaries at work when you have such a tight knit community of people that work for you so you can be friends with people, but also the boss, etc.? I wanted to have Paige on to talk about a lot of these things and more, and I don't want to take up any more time. I want to jump right into episode 118 of the Best Seats podcast featuring my friend, friend of the show, and all over great person, Chef Paige Reardon. Enjoy. Paige, welcome back to the show. The You've been on the show. You're going to be my first guest that has been on three times. Ironically, this is your first time in person. Um, I have been dying to get you on well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is my podcast and therefore a dictatorship and you're my friend and I want to have you on. You've been a supporter forever. Um, but there's a lot of things happening in your life. There's a lot of changes coming with the restaurant and yourself. And I want to talk about them. But for people that may not have heard the first two podcast episodes that you were on, would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself and give a little bit of your background? Sure. Uh, my name is Paige Reardon. I'm the executive chef and owner of Scarlet Kitchen and Lounge. It is located in Rancho Mission Viejo. A lot of people don't know where the heck that is yet. Uh, off of Ortega Highway near Ladera Ranch, San Juan, and a cute little bubble over there. Well, in fairness, Rancho Mission is new, yes, to put new. it mildly. So. Probably like <laughs> seven years, but not really well known until the last maybe two, three. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I've always loved about having you on the show is you're never afraid to be candid, mm -hmm. whether that's about mental health, hardships in the industry. I think the last time I had you on, we were going to do in person, but we had to do remote because I think you were getting over COVID again. Yeah. I mean, you're somebody who you wear your heart on your sleeve and that's not uncommon in hospitality, but for a chef and an owner to really be so open with it when they have to be a little bit more guarded because of public perception or things like that, sure. you, you aren't. And it's something that I really love. So I guess the first thing that I want to open and ask with, how are you and how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, it's been a roller coaster the last three years, um, and we're about to sign our uh, next five-year lease for the space at Scarlet. It's terrifying, um, but you know I have my big girl pants on again, and I have to make um, a really tough decision. I have endured COVID. I have endured. The recession that we are in, and I believe that it is a recession. If people call it bullshit, it's not. Yeah, um, our prices are um, for food costs are still so super high, and um, you know, quite frankly, I'm tired of it. So, completely fair for the people that are our regulars, and I always will continue to go back to them and thank them because they have kept us running and going. And if we do have to push up our menu, they are totally understanding. Um, there are still people that complain, uh, but it is what it is, you know. Um, this was my dream, and I'm not ready to give up on it yet. 
And for the candid, I, I don't know, I would, a personable person, I think that uh, this industry is extremely hard. Um, and if we don't wear our hearts on our sleeves and if we're not open and honest, I don't know, like, how is that inspiring to other people who are struggling with their businesses or who have a dream to maybe open a restaurant, a bar, just anything in this industry? Um, so I believe that we should all be very open and honest. Um, we only have this life. Why, why not be authentic? So it's really just continuing to be authentic and to be personable to, uh, for, for people that have goals in this industry, um, to move up or, you know, I've seen servers change to chefs. I've seen chefs change to servers. I've seen bartenders change to chefs. So, it's to let them know it's okay to change. And that for me is the biggest thing. And that's where I'm at in my life right now. Um, I am going through a divorce right now. And it's funny because the last podcast, we it's not funny, but it was called like um, Paige's push, Paige Pushes Forward with Family or For Family. And yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't well, remember the exact caption, but I know it was something. Yeah. And I, it's still family. You know, we, Matt and I still run it you know, on the day to day, um, I am there less. I have, a, the last year and a half, I promoted one of my cooks to, um, Sue and from Sue, he became executive Sue. Now he is, um, my co-executive chef. I did this for my mental health. I did this to, um, focus on growing my business outside of the day to day, um, where I can, um, private chef, I can focus on catering, I have traveled to Hawaii um, about got four or five times in the last two years, and I stay about three to four weeks. And not just for vacation either. I mean, you're oh, working. Oh, no, I'm working. Yeah. I'm working. So I have clients out there. Because what magic somebody was just like, yeah. oh, fuck her. No, she's off to Hawaii again. Well, and, and that's the public perception. And that's where it's it can be very frustrating. And that's where I have to set boundaries. Yeah. Because um, everybody's very much into everybody else's business these days. Well, and that's okay, but let's back up and unpack a yeah. bunch of these things because these are all parts that I wanted to talk about. And I do want to start with the divorce and I want to start with prefacing that first and foremost, it, it's very amicable yes. between you and Matt. Um, this is not just divorcing from your partner. For those listening who don't know, Matt mm -hmm. is a part of the restaurant. Yes. Um, I respect him. I'm very, very friendly with him. Um, he's a, a very good person. He does run the front of the house while you're mm -hmm. kind of the back. So I want to preface by saying that before we unpack this out of respect for him, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to speak for him and I don't think you are either. No. This is more so just about your journey. So yes. especially for anybody listening, by no means are we trying to speak without him in the room. <laughs> sure. and if Matt is listening, by no means, by no means are we trying to no, we kind love of disregard him. <laughs> him in that. But as I, I do want to unpack that though, sure. because it's one thing to go through a divorce in this industry and it's taken a toll and it's, it's, it's like when you're watching like old school cop shows, right? They're like, oh, the job, it burns you out. And it does. It does. I mean, to date someone sure. outside of this industry is hard. Yes. I have friends that do it. I have friends that have tried to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not for everybody. No. But what is it like going through a separation, amicable mm -hmm. or otherwise, mm -hmm. while trying to run a business together? Oh, gosh. Well, we from, got, your, from your sure. kind of perspective. Well, where, where, it's, you know, where it started is getting through all these crazy ridiculous things that we've gone to in this industry but it started a long time ago right we we were best friends and we came into this together to do you know basically to run my dream yeah and you know he worked in finance for um you know 20 years 15 20 years 
And so, and he had a little bit of front of the house experience. So he was green. And when you're green and I'm, I might've been green to opening my own restaurant, but I hadn't been green as a chef, you know? Um, And so there was a lot of frustrating moments and we're, you know, butted each other's heads um, many times. And we, we went through a lot. And um, there was a point like after year one that we really tried to work on things. And then you realize, wait a second, I'm not happy. You're not happy. You know, we should do something about this. And um, that's when we just decided, hey, I think it's time to, you know, separate and figure out what we want in this life and outside of just this restaurant, because this restaurant is, yes, our livelihoods, but it is just the start of my life right now. And that's how I feel. I feel like, okay, I've gotten my rhythm. Now I know what I'm looking for, um, in my life and, and him as well. Um, a lot of people in that situation, one of the partners Mm -hmm. would generally maybe choose to vacate Mm -hmm. the business, right? Go somewhere else. They don't want to be part of it. You guys are still doing the day to day together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's got a lot better. Like a mediator for you. Yeah, exactly. But it's got a lot better. We work better together now because we're not living together, working together, doing things together, going out together. It's just business really. And we still have family dinners from time to time, which I think is super important to keep it, you know, like that the family, you know, we're still family. So yeah. It's a so, tough one. <laughs> do you think that now that you guys have separated or in the process of separation, whatever it may be at the time of this recording, are, are you working better together? Yes. Like night and day, you That's know? Great. So, and, and we did, um, and we'll talk more about chef's table, but we did our first one a couple weeks ago for a private client and I had him in the back plating with me and it's like, come on, man, let's go. You know, it was very cool before I'd be like, what the hell, you know, and I wasn't very nice and he wasn't very nice either. So now we just vibe well together and we have, you know, we just have a new perspective of what we are looking to be as owners and owners. And that's the thing being chef owner, being GM owner is different than just coming in and you're a GM or you're an executive chef or you're just an owner. So there's a, a level of responsibility that's far more important and our relationship was ruining our restaurant. I felt it because I couldn't be myself. I couldn't, I, and I feel like he couldn't either. So, you know, we, here we are and, you know, it takes time to get divorced, but you know, it's been, you know, good, I don't know, almost a year of separation. So well, I'm glad that you guys are doing better. And yeah. again, just in no way, shape or form to disparage Matt during that. I was oh, just, no. I had, I had to ask, I was curious and I'm sure yeah. that there's other people that have gone through that in the industry sure. as well. Dating within the industry is certainly nothing new, and nope. anybody who's ever done HR knows that. But <laughs> it was a it was a question that needed asking. Sure, but sure. you mentioned it, and it's a perfect segue. Yeah, let's talk about Chef's Table because yeah. at the time of this recording, like you said, you just did your first one yes. uh, privately. There's going to be another one that is going to be privately. Yes. The first one is publicly slated for June fifth. Yes, correct. Tickets are on sale now for it yes, at the time are. of this recording. I believe mm-hmm. when this episode goes live. If I'm doing the math in my head, it'll either be just around the corner from sure. that or okay. just around the time when it goes kind of when the dinner has gone live. But this is a new venture. This yeah. is a new avenue, a new expression yeah. of kind of creativity. What was what was the catalyst to launch your own chef's table series? Uh, I've grown. <laughs> and I when I opened Scarlet, I had a little bit more of an elevation in mind to everything. And 
But because of the location and the clientele, I had to make it kind of friendly for everybody. And so um, I don't want to say I dumbed it down because I think I got really creative for what I have, Mm -hmm. you know, on the regular menu. It's very much an elevated neighborhood spot for anybody that hasn't gone there. Again, it's right kind of just south of Ladera, Rancho Mission. You get Mm -hmm. a little, you get a lot of San Juan Capistrano, maybe a little bit of San Clemente if people want to travel, Mm -hmm. but it very much does have a neighborhood vibe to it. Yes. So we kept that vibe Mm -hmm. and um, I'm proud of that. And it's kind of like a cheers. Everybody knows everybody. And I, I think. I've said this before. Um, and so for me, while I have worked so hard, um, getting more clients privately or doing catering jobs or, um, uh, going, traveling to Hawaii and having clients that are, you know, very wealthy, very, um, uh, adventurous, I was able to do what I've been wanting to do for a while. And so this is when I was like, you know what? And it's always on Mondays. Uh, cause normally we are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so bring, anytime the revenues, yeah, if yeah. the doors are closed, if you yeah. can find a way to bring in revenue, do it. And so that's, that's the idea of doing it on a Mondays and, uh, 20 people only. And yeah, you'll just get to see the, the, uh, the, I was a dancer, choreographer. So you actually get to see the creative, really creative side and coming from, you know, New York city and traveling a lot of all over the world from Greece to Hawaii, a lot of time in Hawaii. Um, it was time to show what I can do. And, um, I'm just excited about it. I feel like, um, it's the first time that I can showcase, um, my heart and soul and, uh, just true artist side of me. Scarlet opened its doors late 2019, correct? I want to uh, say. We opened 20. 20- 20. It was open, to open 2020. Yeah. Okay. So yep. it was like soft January. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I remember seeing it in 2019, but yeah. it was January, 2020 when it came out. Yep. Do you think the, again, the pandemic took its toll on a lot of people in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. in the hospitality industry. Do you think that it stifled your creativity out the gate because you yes. had to, yeah, or written yep. not even right away. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I was, God, I, I had a little bit of chip on my shoulder when I first opened because uh, I didn't allow takeout. I didn't allow, allow delivery. It was like, you have to be in there. I remember uh, some guy asked for like mustard on his burger. And I was like, absolutely not. That's not the way it's oh, intended an, to eat. Anti-Chicago status. Okay. Yeah. I was, and I was like, <laughs> love mustard. So it wasn't about that. It was just like, this is the dish I created. You don't modify. I had no modifications. And so COVID hits and like, you have to modify. Modifications. Yeah. Take out delivery. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, fuck God, everything I didn't want to do. Yeah. So... It took away a lot of what I, you know, there's um, Broadway, a uh, chef from Broadway. Yeah, Amar. Amar. Mm-hmm. I love his, you know, like I've been to his restaurant. It's like, no mods. And this is the, you know, I respect that. And that is chef's table. You can't, there is no modifications. Of course, if you have an allergy, I need to know. But, you know. No, you, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I, again, I recently had yeah. um, the team from Trust on the show talking about that. And they're like, look, we can do some stuff, but no, you know what you're getting when you come yeah. in. If you come to Ultimate Steak Night and you're a vegetarian, that's on you. So yeah, I mean, exactly. Zach Sher or Babello is kind of the same way where they'll yeah. do some stuff, but no, like you're coming here. This is the experience you're right. getting. Yeah. So I got robbed of that, I think, when I first opened and um, it kind of, yeah, it deferred me for from doing different stuff. And um, yeah, so that's why it's time. I mean, Talk I mentioned shine. a couple of the names, you know, Justin Werner, Zach Share, but obviously there's other people launching chef's tables too. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. say the team at Populaire um, recently launched theirs. And I, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's right off the top of my head. Um, what are you hoping to do with your chef's table? Apart from just push your own creativity, sure. do you want to 
do you want to push? Because ultimately, it'll probably be committed regulars that are yes. coming, right? With that kind of disposable sure. income. Do you want to push them a little bit? Or is it just... I do. It's not just comfortable ingredients that you're elevating. You want to try oh, to no. push them with some new stuff. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> that's... I just did my first one. And um, I remember... I did have a jiki on the menu when we first opened. I had a sashimi dish. And I remember they were like, what is this? <laughs> like, it's pasta from the sea. And that's what I call it because it's just... It tastes like pasta. The way I make it taste like pasta. Um, and, um, I think I did duck legs, which for me, that I don't think that's that outside of the box, but people were like, I've never had a duck leg before. So I'm, I'm like, like, Oh, come here. I'll feed you baby. Yeah, yeah, come here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think it's just introducing people to, um, but not going too crazy. Cause I, I do believe in simplicity and I do believe in, um, you know, uh, really having a lot of respect for the ingredient and manipulating ingredients like yeah I, and I'm gonna this is not elevated but this is my creative side is of course I have the carrot taco on the menu at Scarlet mm -hmm. and um that was to um manipulate the ingredients so that you know people that want a pulled pork taco then the vegetarian they, style of it and, yeah. yeah so uh, there yeah there's a lot of um a lot of different things. My brain is going like this crazy because... Well, how has this entire new venture, and granted, again, at the time of this recording, you're only one service in of the, sure. you know, the, the chef's yeah. table. How has this been for your mental health? Because again, like I've said, one of the reasons that I love having you on the show, outside <laughs> of the fact that you're a friend and you've been supporting the best seats mm -hmm. since day one, um, and full disclosure for anybody listening, that's not the reason that I wanted to have her on. <laughs> I did want to actually talk about these things. But... How has this been for your mental health to have a new avenue of creativity, to reach a calmer kind of piece sure. in your personal life now that some of that division has been settled and, and things like that? Oh, God. It's like there's a relief. and I mean, it's an unrelenting industry, yeah. right? So it's yeah. it's like a child that won't go to sleep. Somebody's yeah. always going to want something, <laughs> yeah. especially oh. as the owner and chef. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, I My phone has never stopped ringing. So yeah. um, I feel relief. I feel like um, I'm going to be 33 on Saturday. And I can't believe how far I've come with my mental health. And it took a lot of work to get here. I mean, it took some self-discovery. It, it took, you know, some hard decisions like separating from mad and divorcing. Um, it took um, not letting people uh, under my skin. It took, you know, not letting people judge me for my personal actions um, that had nothing to do with them. It was my way to grow. And you got to fall really freaking hard to grow. And I don't know why people don't understand that yet. And they still judge people for, for falling and needing help and then getting back up. So there's a lot of falling and getting back up. A lot of, you know, uh, yeah. it's a roller coaster of life. But um, you mentioned earlier setting up boundaries. Yes. And especially as a chef owner and, mm -hmm. and kind of somebody in a leadership yeah. position. Yeah where you do have to lead the ship and you do need to kind of jump on those fires mm -hmm. and, and you know, you are kind of running triage of yeah. the restaurant. I mean, the running joke is that <laughs> to be a successful chef owner, you don't need to cook. You need to know how to do plumbing, electrical and like drywall. Yeah. 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 How do you, how do you go about setting up boundaries and what do those boundaries look like? Because sure. I do think they're important. Uh, well, I messed up in the beginning. I was friends with everybody. I would go out and drink with everybody. And trust me, I have very, very best close friends that still work for me. But it's at work, it's work outside, it's outside. But there's still, um, so yeah, I made mistakes, right? As owner, as new chef, I was like so used to the old New York City routine where all the chefs and all the owners and all the, everybody hangs out and they get drunk. And so um, 
you know, I just don't do that anymore. And um, I realized that I had more respect from my staff. And I realized that um, they know that they can come to me with anything. Mm -hmm. um, but it also has to be in respect to my time. And um, there was a long time, you know, when my dad was, my dad used to be our one of our chefs, and yeah. he ran the morning. I didn't know how to set boundaries then. Um, and that was just with my dad or some employees. And that, that, I don't mean, that just means in the normal day to day, um, I would get calls at like seven in the morning and I had just like finished like the night before a fr Friday night and I'm not getting home till one in the morning. Cause I, we didn't have cleaners at the time. So everyone's cleaning together. Um, you know, so by the time I get to bed, it's two thirty three in the morning. And then the next day I'm getting a call at 7am and it's about little things that didn't really matter that they could figure out. So I tried, I, then I didn't know how to set boundaries and that's where I started to burn out Yeah, because I'm like, I can't do it all. You guys need to make choices and decisions without me all the time. If, the, if there's a fire, let me know. Yes, I will answer my phone, but you know, <laughs> that's generally good. But one like, to pick up on. Yeah. Someone didn't put this away and the right way. And it's like, okay, make a note of that. And when I get in, I will, you know, deal with the situation. So it's really about boundaries with, with all of it. And even customers, customers love to be a part of, you know, cause we are a family run business, right. And we're very, um, neighborhood gem and, you know, everybody knows everybody, but mm -hmm. everybody knows everybody's business. So I, you know, politely decline a lot of questions, you know, when I do see people at the restaurant, you know, they want to be a part of your family. Right. And I, I get it. And I'm part of theirs, but there's a, I gotta have some, I gotta have boundary. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Well, I respectfully, I'm not ready to, to talk about that right now. It was usually about my divorce, but yeah. I have so. no doubt there's a handful of people out there that are saying the same thing about me. So <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, he's always here. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's beautiful, but you know, have a little respect too. Well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah. There's a handful of things in life that I know that I'm good at. Running a successful podcast, for one, a website, photography, menu consulting, etc. But one of the things where I need help is my gardening, specifically culinary gardening. It's one thing to have a nice succulent or a pretty plant to look at, but there's nothing like growing your own food, herbs, and more. That's why I turn to my friend and friend of the Best Seeds podcast, Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage, for all things culinary gardening. She's an expert through and through who's worked with some of the best chefs and restaurants here in Orange County. Just see the work that she did up at the amazing Poppy and Seed in Anaheim, or some of the work she's doing with chefs like Zach Scher over at the Bellow Chef's Table. She's talented, witty, incredibly smart, and a consummate professional through and through. Whether you're running a restaurant program, a craft cocktail program, or you just want to start growing some great food at home, she has everything you need and more. So to get more information, set up a consultation, or just to see some of the things that she's done in the past, check out heirloompotage.com for more information. I cannot recommend her services enough. Regardless of the fact that she's a supporter of the show, I still use her services even outside of the best seats. A consummate professional through and through, I cannot recommend Heirloom Potage enough for all things culinary gardening. Once again, that's heirloompotage.com.
you mentioned that you've been moving more into catering, yes. obviously traveling to Hawaii for work gigs, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like it sucks. No, um, you've terrible. been taking, you know, more days away and mm-hmm. letting, you know, your kind of exec chef handle things with chef Daniel, yes. and, chef Daniel and, Martinez. Yeah. 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 Kind of letting him run the show. Yep. How do you go about delegating? And then to kind of add a second question to it. Sure. Is there any blowback of like, ooh, the boss isn't here? I mean, there's um, very few restaurants that I can think of in Orange County where sure. the chef owner, whoever it is, is regularly not there and mm-hmm. it's just a well-oiled machine. Sure. You mentioned Chef Amar. I mean, yeah. Broadway could pretty much run itself. Amar could yeah. be, you know, off filming or something like right. that. Right. And it was really just taking the time to work with these guys. And for years, I mean, Chef Daniel, um, we have three brothers that work for me that are all on salary and they're the only ones on salary. So it's like we are a family in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's their big brother. So he makes sure everything's running smoothly. Um, I don't know. It took a long it took a long time. It took really working with them closely and um, developing respect for each other and um, you know, his vision. If I if I want to do something, he's like, let's do it, you know. But he's so talented himself too. So I'm like, you wanna run something? Because I got it this job. So okay, you know. Just a lot of respect. Is there any fear on how that looks to, you know, maybe younger members of staff, especially now that you've built that used property to. vision? It used to. Where it's like, oh, she's never here. She doesn't yeah. care about the business. And it's like, that's not the case. It's like completely the opposite And also, and I'm very much an advocate of you are allowed to step away from your business. There's yes. nothing honorable about dying on the line. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I was just exhausted by that. And I was burning out. And like, I, I would have, you know, be in bed for, you know, a week at a time. And I depressed. And, um, and I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to delegate and I'm going to figure this out. And I want to grow my business because if not, if it would just, if I didn't get creative, if I didn't do chef's table, if I didn't travel to Hawaii and cook for people or, you know, work on catering, um, who's going to do it? Yeah. So what would some of your advice be to people who work in the industry about setting up boundaries, whether it's with other coworkers or if they're in a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a position of like someone's boss, like a bar director of sure. bartenders, things like that. How do you go about doing that? Because it is a very communal thing. Everybody's in the weeds yeah. together. Sure. You're still kind of sharing that bond, but well, what was the process like for you to kind of, it's a hundred percent communication. Yeah. And, um, you need to know what you want first. And if you're wishy-washy about it, don't make any changes, you know? So I think it's about being clear, precise, um, communicative, and understanding what you truly want in this industry, um, whether you're a, bunter, a bartender, server, a chef, an owner, what, whatever it is, um, really understanding what it is that you desire and um, making a goal and a plan to get there. And that's where I'm at. You know, I made a, I did all that. And it took me a while and it took me falling and crying over it and worrying about what everybody else thinks. But again, I'm kind of turning that mid thirties tad here. And I just don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 35 right now with the yeah. time of this recording. So easy with that shit. Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure I pulled, pulled the muscle getting out of the car. So. <laughs> right. Right. So I think it's just, you know, go after what you want and it don't let society rule what you want to do. You know, don't let them, um, walk all over you. Just, and I didn't, it's not like people, it just got annoying. Hey, where are you? Hey, where, you know, it, it just, for me, it was just like, I'm trying to build something here that's bigger than this, just this restaurant. Yeah. And, um, I'm also trying to take care of myself and because if, and if I don't do both or if I don't take care of me, I don't think this restaurant's going to last. So, you know, I had to do what I had to do. 
<laughs> so what is it that you do um, or what have you found personally? Because it's probably obviously different for mm -hmm. everybody and rightfully so. What have you found that has worked for you to help decompress or sure. relax or breathe or mm -hmm. find moments of happiness? I know you're freaking loving your Traeger right now. It's based yeah. on your Instagram. So. Now that. <laughs> um, uh, hi, God. I, I obsessed with meditation. Um, I... I'm very committed to meditation and I'm committed to working out. Um, it's not for me working out is not to just get in the best shape of my life. No, it's about just getting my head clear and, you know, feel good. Um, it's about putting myself in situations around either people or places that make me feel really good. Um, I'm not a, I used to hike a lot. Now it's like, Oh, I just want to sit outside and listen to the birds. And, um, I was telling Crawford earlier before we started this pod, I, I feel like I live in a little treehouse. So for me, if I just to grab a book and it could be the trashiest book ever, but I don't care. That's my time. <laughs> so you 50 shades it up. Yeah. Good yeah, for you. You do it. Yeah. You just do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that kind of stuff is, um, I think helps me, um, relax and travel is huge. Um, and going out, going out to eat, spending time with friends, mm -hmm. um, like you. The, <laughs> it's, it's true. I, know. <laughs> just, I, just I will find flashbacks you. to Cali vibes. Yep. I know. Um, <laughs> the best. I one of the things that we were talking about either on the first time I had you on the show, I was probably the last time I had you on the show um, when it was still remote. Sadly, was you were talking about launching a nonprofit. Yes, and that was about aiming to increase mental health awareness for people in the industry. Yes, um, nonprofits obviously take a long time to get <laughs> off the ground. Is that still a project yes. that you're thinking about? So Chefs Who Bear. Yeah, yeah. Chefs Who Bear. That was the name of it. Yeah, yes. it, it takes a long time and there's a lot of politics involved. So there are. Yeah. that's what I'm not used to. And I, you know, I I don't want to just throw this out there and do it kind of, I would say, half-assed because there's so much, so many resources that I've still been working to put together, like the appropriate therapists who would be on this you know, that, that could help people in this industry that really understand the burnout, you know, um, not just somebody who's just been doing it for a couple of years and, you know, mm -hmm. works with families, you know, uh, no, it's gotta be with, you know, working people that work. Yeah. You know. I need you to understand why they're crying in the walk. Right. But yeah. You need to have been there. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yeah. So it takes, it takes a village to create and uh, I'm not giving up on it now that I do have a little bit more time and I'm, even though I, I do and I don't depends on the week, but, um, I working on that more. Yeah, the politics thing is a thing, but not again, I'm not letting that stop me, but just takes a couple years. Even though it's a long process to build out a full on nonprofit, have you started to implement anything that's worked for you back into the restaurant for your staff and for things like that? Of course. Like, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people because of social media is so strong and I think they've listened to the all the podcasts I've done, they know about my mental health. They, I've talked about it openly mm. on our home base platform, which is where we do scheduling. Um, and so I think they're realizing like, oh my God, if I'm open, if I'm open, um, meaning me, then they can too. Yeah. Um, so I think I've seen a lot of, like I have a good friend right now and I'm not going to name names who has struggled with um, alcohol addiction and being on medication. And, you know, um, that I feel like um, I have, I have dealt with it too. Right. Um, I'm not perfect. I love, I love to drink a lot of wine, especially during, you know, the, the beginning, the hard parts of my doors. Yeah. Um, 
Now, you know, again, I know balance. I have boundaries. Um, so I think people really seeing that I've gone through it and I'm open about it, they know to come to me and I can help them. But again, I'm not a therapist. I can just relate and I can just guide them to therapy, to Point meditation, right to yoga, yeah. to workout, go outside, take a walk. I don't know. Do something that you love to do. And I think a lot of people in this industry, they, they forget their hobbies. They, they're like, where'd their hobbies go? Because we all had them as kids. Like True. You know, you were a lacrosse player. You know, I was a dancer. Well, I don't really dance much, but, you know, lately I've been dancing in right on, right in here in my living room, you know, and it makes me feel good. Good. But you forget to do that as you get older and you get stuck in your routine and you get stuck in your industry. And so, yeah. Well, being an adult is so calm and relaxing and not stressful in the least. Yeah, so, it's yeah. so easy. That <laughs> <laughs> when Wells Fargo is hitting you up at five in the morning like a bad ex, okay. being like, where are you? <laughs> like, shit, sorry. I'll, sorry. I'll, I'll be there, guys. It's yep. fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh. Well, what is the what does the future kind of look like for you? Because we're going to wind down this main episode, sure. and I'm going to keep you around for a bonus one, your first bonus one. So third time's a charm. Yes. Um, but what does the kind of the future look like? I mean, now that you've you're moving on in your personal life, mm-hmm. you're moving on professionally, not in the sense of moving away from Scarlett, no. but Scarlett is kind of self managing a little bit, oh, which yeah. now gives you the ability to sure. do catering gigs and the mm-hmm. chef's table and things like that. Yeah. What does kind of the future look like for you? How do you um, feel about it? I feel great. Uh, I feel confident and it's taken me a long time to get here. And trust me, I still have my days. I cry and I'm like freak out about things. But overall, I think just starting this chef's table has really opened my eyes to realizing like, wait a second, I have control here. This whole recession, COVID, all that crap that has happened. I'm not allowing it anymore to, 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 you know, set my goals (laughs) or, you know, like I'm just not allowing it anymore. Um, I, I, I just think that the future is very bright for myself, um, not only as a chef, but as a person, um, as a friend, you know, and um, yeah, I just see it's bright and that's all I, you know, have, I have my goals that are right now a chef's table, but yeah. um, I don't know, you've seen another five years of Scarlet, so um, if people want to, cause I always ask, I always end the shows, what kind of asking if people want to learn more about the restaurant and the social and we'll sure. get to that for Scarlet. But if people do want to learn more about chef's table, mm-hmm. I mean, is it something where like how, how often are the menus changing? I mean, how is there uh, wine every, pairings? Are there kind of ads? I mean, what are kind of people sure. looking at for this? Uh, okay. So every, every single chef's table is very different from the last. So if I do two a month, you bet you it's totally different menus. Got it. Okay. Um, you will never see the same thing twice. Um, that is that is like something I really believe in. Um, it's to give people who want to keep coming back a different experience. Also, every chef's table is not like the first one. It's just chef's table. But there will be more themed okay. um, yeah. based on travel, based on experiences, based off of, you know, I went to a, a culinary school that was plant-based. I'll, I'll be doing one of those. Um, more seasonality and things yeah, like that. Yeah, seasonality to wine pairings um, to just all over the place. I have a ton of ideas. Um, you know, I've come from an Irish and Lebanese family. So maybe doing a little fusion Irish and uh, Lebanese. It explains why you're so calm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's okay. I'm, 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 I'm Irish. I can yes. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> explains why we can drink. Um, <laughs> and, and the chef table is what, like six courses? Uh, so like, seven, seven courses okay. um, and 20, 20 guests only, um, no more than that. That way they get the one-on-one experience they want. 
I actually talk about what they're eating. It's not just like, this is what you're eating yeah, and then drop bye. The plate and bye. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I, I open the door up to questions and um, whether they be cooking techniques or why I was inspired to create it um, to the ingredients that they're eating and that, why they're so important to me and why they should be treated with so much respect. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. Well, like I said, I'm going to keep you around for a bonus episode, which cool. people can find over on Patreon. But in the meantime, if people wanted to find you um, on social media, if they want to find the restaurant, mm-hmm. if they want to find information about Chef's Table, sure. where uh, can people go to do all that? Sure. Our website, uh, scarletkl.com. Okay. Yes. And or my you, social media. Well, I was going to say, you're, and your social media in particular, because yep. you are pretty public and, and yep. you talk about things yeah. and you talk about mental health. Yeah. So if people want to find you on yeah. social, work, can they At do that? Chef Page Reardon. That's it. And what about the chef's table? Can they find that through the Scarlet yeah, website? Yeah, it's all it's all through there. It's all, yes, okay. it's on the website. It's on my regular uh, Instagram. It's on Scarlet Kitchen and Lounge Instagram. So you'll see it everywhere. We we are blasting it right now. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, my friend, this was fun. Thank I'm you. so glad that you seem so happy and just yeah. absolutely bubbly. Thank you for opening your home to me that we could do this episode. And like yeah, I said, we're going to do it. I know in person, the yeah. first one, third time's a charm. Yeah. Finally, finally, I got you in person. Yep. But thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm so excited for the future of Scarlet. Thank and um, I will chat with you soon. Cool. Thank you so, so much to Paige for taking the time to sit down. Thank you for welcoming me into her home to record that episode. I'm very, very excited to share it with all of you. I really hope that you got something out of it. I'm so appreciative of her vulnerability and honesty and just love for the industry and people in it. So I hope you were able to glean something from that. If nothing else, definitely be checking out that Chef's Table series. I know that I'm going to. You'll be able to check out content and recaps for that, not only on the blog over on thebestseats.com, but also on Instagram at thebestseats, et cetera. Thank you to my advertising partners. You make the show possible. And mostly thank you to all of you who subscribe on Patreon each and every month, whether you're at the $2 tier, the $15 tier, whatever it is. I could not do this show without you. You make it possible. Thank you to those who do support on free feeds. If you're not able to support on Patreon, I still love you too. Everybody be good. Tip your waiters. Leave nice reviews. Put up good photos. Be good to one another. Some good weather is coming to California soon. And wherever you're listening, go out, eat good food, drink better, live well and often. Love you. See you soon. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Sasha Lyons, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, Burger Master, It Ain't Easy Being Greasy, Boyga Kang. Thank you for your support.